TII Item 193, October 4th, 2011. iPhone 4S. Nailed it! Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone! Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Nathan for sending out the artwork for today's episode. He wrote, Hey, Rob, here's the submission for episode artwork I created with an iPad and iPhone. The photo was taken with an iPhone 4 in a hotel elevator in Queens. Artwork used, Photoshop Express for the iPhone, Noir Photo for the iPhone, A Plus Signature for the iPhone, and Pixel Romatic for the iPad. There's also another app that has some Chinese language characters, but no English version. Regards, Nathan from Unknown Films. And folks, you can see Nathan's artwork in the TI app in the extra section for episode 193. Or if you subscribe via iTunes, is the album artwork. And I will also get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. Nathan, thanks for sending in the artwork. If you have some artwork and or music you've created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, There could literally be millions of first-generation iPads gathering dust in people's homes, offices already. This product is the tech industry's biggest MacGuffin yet. Unquote. Paul Therott, 23rd of October, 2010. I know Paul has been on here a few times before, and at this point, when it comes to anything Paul has to say about Apple products, you can pretty much figure it is completely wrong. Cause, can you say, clueless? Paul, I don't mean to be mean, but come on. October 23rd, 2010, at that point, you couldn't see the iPad was a big hit? Wow. Just saying. For promo codes this week, we have promo codes for two different apps. The first app is called AASMYVS. Let me play their promo for that. Hi Rob, it's Dave Wilton here again. This week I'd like to tell you about AssessMyVS, the latest app that I've developed. It runs on any device using iOS 4 or above. It costs just 99 cents on App Store. It's a sister app to Illuminate, featured in TII episode 189. Both apps are aimed at helping people who suffer from visual stress when reading dark text on a bright white background. The difference is that Illuminate gives you a virtual coloured overlay on what you wish to read, whereas AssessMyVS is aimed at discovering whether coloured overlays will help you in the first place. It can be used to test yourself and your family, but is also aimed at education professionals assessing students. The test itself asks you to compare text panels in different colours and takes only a minute or two to complete. At the end, the result is displayed and, if positive, can be emailed to a destination you choose. So someone assessing a number of students in a classroom situation could email the results to themselves to look at later. To see it in action, please search for the Assess My VS video on YouTube. Dave, thanks for sending in the promo codes for Assess My VS. Folks, if you'd like a chance to win this app, please send a email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And let's put in my VS in the subject line. 
I think if we tried to do it any other way, we might get one of those parental filters to block the emails. So again, put my VS in a subject line to an email you send to me at todayinios at gmail.com. The second app we have promo codes for is an app called Smart Render Pro. Let me play the review for that from the dev. This is John from London, the developer of Smart Renter Pro. Smart Renter Pro is an app to organize all the information collected during your apartment hunt. Our template allows you to create assessments as you view properties, taking notes, pictures, and rating the property on important criteria such as contacts, rent, location, size, and even your roommates. Smart Renter also includes calculators to work out which rental option is the cheapest after extra costs such as bills, taxes, commute costs are taken into account. You can also work out savings if sharing with more roommates or if you caught a bus instead of driving to work. You can then view assessments and compare costs on a list or a map, share pictures and comments via Twitter and Facebook, and generate comparison PDF reports by email to family and friends. Smart Renter is available on the App Store for 99 cents. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate all that you do. Thanks, John, for sending in the 20 promo codes. Well, actually 19 now, as I took one for my wife, who is an apartment manager, to show her leasing agents that have to shop other properties. Folks, if you want a chance for this app, put Smart Renter Pro in the subject line of an email you sent to me at todayinios at gmail.com. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. If you don't have a promo code to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send me the 60-second or less review of your app. Again, making sure to mention you are the dev up front. And we will work it into a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. Okay, we're going to get into the news now. And we're going to get into the news first, and then after the news and some other pieces, we're going to get into the big announcement, which was the iPhone 4S. Um, but first up, let's get the news out of the way. I'm actually waiting for the whole download thing to happen with Apple's video of the event. So once that happens, I should be about right when I get done recording this first segment of the show. The New York Times had an article recently titled, quote, you love your iPhone literally, unquote. And quite a few people sent links into this. And it was one I was ready to talk about, except there was a better post from Tal Yarconi at Citation Needed blog that, well, calls BS on the Times article. The Times article had this whopper, quote, a recent experiment that I carried out using neuroimaging technology suggests that drug-related terms like addiction and fix aren't as scientifically accurate as a word we use to describe our most cherished personal relationships. That word is love, unquote. The article went on to try to explain that through a series of MRI tests, the results show that we love the iPhone like we love our mother or girlfriend, which I would hope are two different ways. But the much better post is the one from Tal Yarconi, which basically lays waste to what Tal basically calls a series of BS statements in the New York Times piece, such as the area of the brain that the Times article claims was active when looking at the iPhone is also active one-third of the time in tests. And another well-known and respected MRI study of the brain uh, and love shows other areas are actually active in love situations. So if it is not love, well, what is it? Well, it appears when you look at a new iPhone, 
the part of your brain that lights up is the same part when you look at a nice hot rack of muffins that is at the bakery. You know that feeling when you get when you want to pop one of those in your mouth, the muffin that is. That is the feeling you get when you look at a new iPhone. Oh, and that is not love. That is called lust. Switching gears, the Mac Observer has a comparison chart for the iPad 2 versus Kindle Fire. And I am not going to mention anything per that chart, as I don't think comparison charts matter for the everyday consumer. I thought that before, when Android devices were putting up their better filled out charts versus iPad, and I think that now, when the shoe is on the other foot, so to speak. Here is what I think that matters for the largest part of the market for a tablet. One, can I check and send emails? Two, can I browse the web? Three, can I consume some media, be it books, magazines, movies, music, TV shows, and of course, podcasts? Four, is it easy to use? Five, can I afford it? I think up until the fire came out, Apple really dominated with those five questions. Now with the Kindle Fire, I'm not so sure. I get a bad feeling that the fire is something way too many people are dismissing. Even I said originally I thought the impact would be minimal on the iPad. Now, after a few days, I'm not so sure. Yes, the iPad is more full-featured and more polished, but is that really enough if the Kindle meets the five points above? I think competition is a good thing. And now that Apple has a real competitor in tablet space, it will be exciting to see how they respond and when they respond. Remember how I thought on the last show one of the key reasons for the reduction in production orders for the iPad might be that they were getting ready to move production to Brazil? Well, now comes word that might not be the case as it looks like the iPad production line might not be ready after all. And worse, might not be ready ever. From the infamous unnamed source, quote, the talks have been very difficult and the project for a Brazilian iPad is in doubt. One official said, Foxconn is making crazy demands for tax breaks and other special treatment, unquote, the unnamed Brazilian official added. Another unnamed source slash official said, quote, we're dealing with a lot of issues like the Taiwanese trying to figure out how to do business in Brazil and Brazil figuring out how to produce these complicated products, unquote. So yeah, that part about the 25% reduction in iPad build being due to shifting of production to Brazil might not be the case at all, but rather it might have been based on info Apple received about the Amazon Fire, and more specifically the pricing. That may have given Apple some pause on going full out on the iPad production for the last quarter of the year. Now when it comes to the Kindle Fire... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it is all rosy with the fire and I will be getting one, because one of the big issues to me, and apparently a few others, is the issue of privacy with your web browsing. Amazon talked about split browsing, which is another way of saying we get between you and the web, and we look at everything you do so that we can predict what you might do next. But also that means harvesting and tracking info where you went and what you looked at on the web. And that is not info about my kids and their surfing habits, I want to get out there. This next story is kind of disturbing. Verizon unions are asking consumers to boycott the iPhone. Why? Did Apple and the iPhone do something to the Verizon union members or some of their interests? Apparently not. 
It just seems this is a marketing stunt by the Verizon union to get their issues attached to the popularity of the iPhone. And for that reason alone, the leadership at Verizon's union should be drawn and quartered. And this is not even the unions for the wireless side, but rather the landline and FIO side. Nice. Way to go, Verizon Union, on winning over the public sentiment. Yes, pick a popular product we all lust after, and some may even love, and then throw it under the bus of your stupidity. I am sure your negotiations are going to go swimmingly well for you. Just saying. Reaching into the G Plus bag. Hey Rob, not sure if you want to receive iPhone questions on G Plus, but I'm here and thinking about it, so... I'm a photographer and need a good weather radar map so I know if bad weather is heading my way when I am on a shoot. I have been using the Weather Channel app, but the latest version does not do a good job of showing the radar in motion. Important to know which direction a storm is headed, and it usually crashes anyway. I tried the Radar in Motion app, which I don't even think is available anymore, but it was never very accurate. I'd love to know if you or your listeners have any recommendations. Love the show. Can't wait for the big Apple announcements this week. Regards, Missy from Bellbrook, Ohio. Not your ex. See, this is a Missy who's from Ohio and is a UD grad. Okay, good thing you said you're not my ex. Anyway, hi, Missy. I live in Kansas, and in Kansas, it is good to know when bad weather is coming. I use the app EZ, as in the letter E and the letter Z, Radar the Kansas, Missouri version. It is an app I use all the time, and I can highly recommend it. And yes, it has radar in motion, so you can tell which way storms are moving. Thanks for listening to Today in iOS. Regards, Rob. And Missy, there is an easy radar version for the Ohio area. You just have to go into iTunes and just search for the letter E, the letter Z together, and then space radar, and then find the one for you. I really love that app. Uh, again, I can't recommend it high enough, and it is the one I use, especially here in tornado season. Thanks to Mark H. for the heads up on this one, and it is a Kickstarter project. So I need to ask a few questions. Do you like to run? Do you like zombies? Do you think you would like to run away from zombies? Then do we have a Kickstarter project for you. It is called Zombies Run. It is a virtual reality game where you get points for keeping away and ahead of zombies, who I would assume, like any good zombie, want to eat your brains. There are other things involved with it, like going to different points along a map and as you're jogging in your path and picking up guns and other stuff and ammo and fighting the zombies. But the main point is it gives you a reward system to help you take your mind off running and making your workout fun, and you get to run away from zombies, at least in the game virtually. This project had a stated goal of $12,500, and has already raised over $57,000 with five days to go. So it looks like the ones here with the brains are the people that thought up this project. If you're interested in this, look for the link to Zombie Run in the show notes for episode 193 over at todayinios.com. Remember a little back when we mentioned that come October 1st, AT&T would start throttling back the download and upload speeds for the biggest data users? or data pigs, or low-life scum of the earth, as you are affectionately referred to at AT&T. So if you are one of these ungrateful degenerates that is causing AT&T's system all kinds of pains, and you have noticed any slowdown, let me know. But chances are, you have to hit the threshold before they will, quote, adjust, unquote, your download speed. Or maybe we should just call it what it is. 
before they neuter you like the bandwidth dog that you are. Anyway, if you were one of these degenerate low-life scums that are sucking down all the AT&T bandwidth and you've noticed that your bandwidth has been restricted or throttled back, please let me know. As always, you can send us feedback to todayinios at gmail.com or you can call it in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. This next story reminds me of a great line from one of my favorite movies of all time, History of the World. That line, and yes, there are many great lines from the movie, but that line is, quote, it's good to be the king, unquote. And that leads us into this next story about President Obama saying one of the perks of being president is that he was personally handed a pre-release iPad 2 from Steve Jobs. As for who is the king in this story, I'll leave that up to you. But I think in this version of the movie, we're going to see Leo Apotheca, the XHP CEO, playing the piss boy. I want to take a minute now to thank today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can save 10% off your domain name registrations. As I mentioned before, one of the nice features of Hover is the ability to quickly and easily create multiple redirects from a single URL for no additional cost. There is no additional cost to hide the personal info on your domain. There is no annoying trick you into multiple upsell items you did not want when you use Hover. It is just a good customer-friendly interface that is a joy to work with. So whether you are looking to redirect to your Facebook page or G Plus page or Twitter or Tumblr pages, Hover is there for you to make it easy to tell people where to go find you on the web. Remember, control your namespace. It is the best thing you can do on the web. I'm a customer and very happy one of Hover and highly recommend them for your domain name needs. Remember to go to tii.hover.com to save 10% on registrations. Isn't it time for you to enjoy registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting the show. And folks, that's tii.hover.com. Hey, Rob, it's Lauren Nashville. I'm getting really excited about the announcements tomorrow and I'm about to fill up my bingo card now. I was calling to say um, I wanted to thank everybody from the show who showed up to support the iLatch on Kickstarter. I really appreciate it. I got a lot of fun comments, and um, it's in production now. And I'll keep you guys posted on the status. What I am working on now is the second line of cases uh, for my company. And before I get as far as Kickstarter and things like that, I'm really looking for some feedback from parents of kids that, that they allow to use their iPhone or their iPad. And I have um, a Google Doc survey that just gives multiple choice about, you know, what they have, what they use, what kind of case they like, features they wish they could find in a case. Because I always wish I could give feedback to somebody who makes cases about the things that they are lacking. And I want to be able to give that opportunity to people who um, have been supporting me to give their feedback or, um, you know, really put out there the things they want to see. And I'll also send you guys a preview soon for um, my, my second case called The iKid. But anyway, I'll give you the link in the email. And if you want to put it on the show notes for everybody, that would be awesome. If you don't, I totally understand that as well. But anyway, just wanted to say thanks to everybody and get excited about tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, Laura. And of course, when she says getting excited about tomorrow, she means today, unless you're listening to this tomorrow, which then it would be yesterday. And yes, Laura, I put a link in the show notes for episode 193 over today in iOS. Folks, look for the link, Tiny Techies Parent Survey. 
If you click there, that'll take you through to the Google Docs survey. If you have some time, please fill that out and give Laura some feedback on what you would be looking for for a case for your kiddos. Okay, time to go over today's Apple event, which is available as a 97-minute video in iTunes under the Apple Keynote podcast if you're interested. But for those of you that would rather save their time in their hard drive space, I will go over the event for you. First up was Tim Cook, who I think did a good job overall. He talked about new Apple stores in China, including one in Shanghai that had over 100,000 visitors the first weekend it was open. Pretty impressive. Then Tim went into an overview of Mac sales that included graphs and charts. Hello, five-hour energy drink. Then there were some more exciting, with exciting in quotes, info on iTunes and iPods. Then onto the iPhone, some basic info on the iPhone 4, which we have covered numerous times on the show, like customer satisfaction, dominance, and other things like that. Interesting to see Apple show that the iPhone is 5% of all mobile phones, and that Apple does not look at smartphones only, but rather all mobile phones, as they feel all mobile phones will soon be smartphones. Good point. Hey, I guess that's why he is CEO. Next up was a recap on the iPad, 95% satisfaction rate on latest survey. Not surprising. Every state in the U.S. has a school with either an iPad program going or deploying right now. And now up to 92% of Fortune 500 companies either deploying or testing iPads. Tim prominently quoted John Pazikowski of All Things D. I wonder if that was a quid pro quo. Oops, did I say that out loud? Tim said there are now over 250 million iOS devices that have been sold. FYI, if you are saying get to the good part, as in what is new, just realize this recap so far is of 20 minutes plus of video, and it's taken us less than two minutes to do the recap. Next up was John Forrestal to go over iOS and iOS 5 more specifically. Some new info. iOS devices make up 43% of the mobile market versus Android at 33% and RIM at 17. Again, that's iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch versus Android for phones and tablets, which really isn't much. Over 500,000 apps are available now on the iOS side, and 140,000 are specific for the iPad. Now over 18 billion app downloads, more than a billion downloads a month, over $3 billion paid to developers. Scott introduced a new app called Cards, which lets you make and mail greeting cards to family and friends. And you get a push notification the day the card is delivered. Just $2.99 for U.S. destinations, which is where you can get the push, and $4.99 for international destinations, which sounds like you don't get the push. Those prices include printing on nice cotton stock paper and the postage. And if you see the price of most cards these days, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, unless you are sending it to someone that wants your own signature on the card, kind of a personal thing. From what I've read... Some in the greeting card biz are none too happy with this, so that means it probably will do well. At least that's what the greeting card companies seem to be thinking. This app will be available as a free download on October 12th. Next was a rehash of iOS 5. See my post in June on WWDC event for more on iOS 5. The only real new news on the iOS 5 side beyond the cards app was the date of when it would be available, which is Wednesday, October 12th. 
Next up was Eddie Q to talk about iCloud. Again, most of what was covered was a rehash of info from the WWDC event in June. If you want to check that out, go back and look at my post from June. Main bit of new info was the date of availability for iCloud, which again is October 12th, like the other items we've mentioned before. Another new app in iCloud is Find My Friends, like Find My iPhone for your friends or kids. You can do sharing of location for a special event, make it easy to find someone at that special one-time event. So it's a nice thing, say you're getting a whole bunch of people together at a concert or something like that. Eddie summed up Find My Friends as one, easily locate friends and family, two, temporary sharing option, three, simple privacy controls, and four, parental restrictions to keep kids from turning it off. Find My Friends is part of iCloud and it is free, of course iTunes Match, they talked about, again, one bit of new info there is that will be out at the end of October in the U.S., and they are working, quote, very hard for other countries by the end of the year, unquote. Next up was Phil Schiller to talk about the iPod, and we're only going to go over the iPod Touch or anything related to the iPod Touch. And really, that's just one. There is now a new white iPod Touch. No changes to the storage options, still 64 gig for the Max version. The 8 gig version is now 199. 32 gig is 299 and 64 gig is 399 and they start shipping on October 12th and they'll have iOS 5 and iCloud is available as well. Next, Phil talked about the new iPhone. But first, let's just replay what I predicted for the new iPhone back on episode 190. This comes from about the 35 minute mark in that episode and I'll put some bed music under it so you know it is the old clip. For those of you with access to the VIP section, I posted up all the questions that the reporter asked and my responses. But to summarize, the main question was, quote, what do you think will be five to six new features of the iPhone 5? Unquote. And my response, one, upgraded camera to eight megapixel camera module. In the iOS 5, Apple has added a few features that are focused on the camera, such as using the volume button as a shutter control and adding quick access to the camera from lock screen. So an upgraded camera for the iPhone 5 that will be running iOS 5 seems to be kind of a lock. Two, upgrade of the CPU to the A5 processor, which is the same processor in the iPad 2. This follows last year's process when the iPad 1 had the A4 first, and then when the iPhone 4 came out, it also had the A4. Apple will also likely bump up the internal RAM from 512 to 1 gig, but likely Apple will not even mention this. Other than the CPU, Apple does not like to talk much about the internals of the iPhones. Three, for business travelers, especially on Verizon, the biggest upgrade will be in making it a true world phone. With a chipset that allows for both CDMA and GSM used from the same phone, this chipset is already in the Verizon iPhone 4, but the Verizon iPhone 4 is not optimized to use both GSM and CDMA. The iPhone 5 will be designed from the ground up to be a true world phone. 4. Enhanced voice controls slash voice recognition in iOS 5 just for the iPhone 5, that is. This will take advantage of some features from their Surrey acquisition and also the work with Nuance. Expect much greater voice recognition and voice controls with the iPhone 5. Something to be appreciated by the business person on the go. Five, enhance video out, HDMI out. 
This will be through a dongle and mirroring of the iPhone screen on a projector, just like with the iPad 2. That's different than what you actually read what I said in the article, which had me saying that there would be an HDMI output port. No, I'm just saying that it'll be HDMI out using a dongle, just like with the iPad 2. And six, it will not be an LTE slash 4G phone. LTE is just not widely available yet, especially when you look at the handful of test markets that AT&T just has. So at this point, it does not seem to make much sense for Apple to go with an LTE phone on Verizon or AT&T. Plus, with both of them restricting data usage with an LTE smartphone, you can burn through your monthly data cap in less than an hour. There were four other questions that he asked, mostly dealing with business side. You can read that in the VIP article that I put up in the Ask TII for Sunday, September 11th. Okay, so how did I do? Two words. Nailed it! No, really, honestly, when you look around at all the predictions that were out there, I got it better than anyone else. I think I had the best hit percentage of anyone that was out there. Everything I just talked about, all of that is with the new iPhone. The only thing I missed was the name. I said iPhone 5. It's actually iPhone 4S. But if we look at the iPhone 5 rumor bingo card I put out, I always like to try to get it diagonal for the bingos. So I like to see an X in there, ideally. And this time, we got the X. So quickly going over the rumor bingo card. 8 megapixel camera, A5 dual core processor, I'm assuming one gig of RAM. They didn't say it, and actually predicted that they wouldn't say it. Sprint, HDMI out, slash mirror veering via the dongle. Got that. And they're also doing it via AirPlay. Same size and shape of the iPhone 4. Check on that one. Enhanced voice recognition control with the Siri. Yep. Dual modes, GSM, CDMA, world phone. Yep. The only other item on the bingo card that was hit was the 64 gig of storage on the top end. Some other comments from Phil's presentation. Battery life is actually a little better. Up to eight hours of talk time on the 3G with the iPhone 4S. Antenna design allows for intelligent switching and doubling of download speed, which is equal to many of the quote 4G unquote phones out there. That means on the old iPhone 4, the theoretical speeds were eight megabits bits per second on the up and 7 mega 7.2 megabits per second on the downside this via hsdpa now that is still 5.8 megabits per second on the up but 14.4 megabits per second on the down these are the same numbers claimed by the moto atrix 4g the lg thrill 4g HTC Inspire 4G. So all three of those, quote, 4G phones have the exact same up and down speeds as the iPhone 4S. Phil said they will not debate what is and is not 4G. Good thing, because many 4G phones, actually most 4G phones, are not real 4G phones. Big updates on the camera. As mentioned, it is an 8 megapixel camera, which is 60% more pixels than the iPhone 4 but they also updated the CMOS sensor to allow 73% more light per pixel. More importantly, it's 33% faster to take pictures versus the iPhone 4, which was pretty fast already. Uh, went from four element lens to a five element lens for 30% more sharpness in the pictures. 
One thing I like on the iPhone 4S, time to take the first picture is 1.1 seconds. Time for the next photo is 0.5 seconds. So you can take a new pic every half a second. Sweet. That compares to the Galaxy S2 at two seconds for the first pic and then the next pic at 1.8 seconds for each additional pic. Big difference. For video recording, it is 1080p HD video and there is video image stabilization. Phil had a great quote where he said, the iPhone 4S will likely be both the best camera and the best video camera most users will have ever owned. The next item Phil and Scott Forrestal went over in what some have described as painstaking detail is Siri, the new voice assistant. And I really think a lot of people are underestimating the power of Siri. Yes, similar services are available on Android or have been for a while, but I think the implementation on the iPhone will be much more integrated and useful. It is not voice control plus. It is much more. It is natural language voice assistance. I think those that are sight impaired are going to love this. I think those that travel for work are going to love this. And those that commute to work are going to love this. You can ask questions like, what is the weather like today? And get a response that is accurate in what you expected. It can read text messages. You can reply to text messages. You can set alarms. You can create calendar events. You can check your calendar for availability for a meeting. And you can then create that meeting. And most importantly, you can dictate and send emails and create notes. Personally, I think this is going to be a huge plus for the iPhone 4S. With the initial launch, which comes when the iPhone 4S comes out, it will support English, US, UK, and Australian, French, and German. They are calling this beta to start, which means they plan to add more languages and services over time. Pricing for the iPhone 4S, $199 for 16 gig, $299 for 32 gig, same as the iPhone 4 was, and also $399 for the new 64 gig. It is on AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint at launch. Additionally, the iPhone 4 is now just an 8 gig phone, and it is $99 on AT&T and Verizon right away, and then also Sprint soon after. And the iPhone 3GS is still kicking, and it is free and just on AT&T. Obviously, all this pricing is based on a two-year contract. And the iPhone 4S is available for pre-order on October 7th, this Friday. As in, this Friday. And it can be in your hand on October 14th. That's when it's going to be available for sale for you to go in and buy it or pick it up if you pre-ordered on the 7th. Please note, on AT&T, if you're not sure when you are available to upgrade, dial star 639 pound. So go into your phone, dial star 639 pound, hit call. You'll get a text message in a few minutes with your upgrade date. I've been told by one AT&T rep that you can usually upgrade 45 days earlier than the date that they send you in that text message, if you ask. If they say no, then ask how to port your number to Sprint and see what they say then. Uh, for those listeners that are with AT&T, please confirm with me if that is an accurate statement, but at least the person I talked to at AT&T claimed that it was. Countries getting it on October 14th include the U.S., Canada, Australia, the U.K., France, Germany, and Japan, 
and in Japan. It was confirmed, as recently rumored, I think we mentioned this on the last show or the show before, that KDDI will also get the iPhone. So you're going to have SoftBank and KDDI in Japan. October 28th, we'll see 22 more countries getting the iPhone 4S. So just two weeks later, it'll be out to 22 more countries. By the end of 2011, it'll be available in over 70 countries. Clearly, this is the fastest rollout to date uh, of so many countries for a new iPhone. In the past, I received a couple of emails saying I was a little bit too hard on the guys from This Is My Next when I said they were link baiters or just plain incompetent when they put out some what were clearly BS rumors. No, I was not too hard on them. Matter of fact, if anything, I was too lenient on them. Their rumors, pretty much all of the rumors from This Is My Next, pure BS. Pure and simple BS. So either they are incompetent or they're link baiters. And I'm just going to call them flat out on this. You have to put This Is My Next in the same category now as BGR and Digitimes. Um, it's been proven now. They don't have sources or they are completely fooled by their sources. Whatever the case is, in my opinion, I really think that they're link baiters and they're just trying to bring traffic to their site, which they did clearly do. But none of their rumors worked out. Sorry, guys. That's just the facts. I want to thank Mark S. for this next topic we're going to talk about. It's a link over at Gawker. And Gawker went through how all these sites just completely missed what the iPhone 4S was. You know, earlier I was patting myself on the back. It's real simple. If you want to predict what the new next iPhone is, don't buy anything from the next, uh, this is my next, don't buy anything that Boy Genius reports, and don't re buy anything that Digitime reports. And then after that, think about it if it makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of rumors that just didn't make sense. I, I never believed that it was going to be a different package. I've always said it was going to be the same package. And, and that's simply from the fact that the iPhone 4 is a great package. And I know there's people out there right now that are saying, oh, hey, um, I'm upset. Well, I can't believe this is it. They're let down, whatever the case. Are they let down because it's called the iPhone 4S instead of the iPhone 5? I think that is part of it. I think people wanted it to be called the iPhone 5. What does it matter? It has the specs that made sense. I mean, when you really looked at where the iPhone 4 was and where it could go and what was available technology-wise and, and with the current packaging, you had to figure they were going to stay with the same package. You had to figure they were going to do the world. There was a lot of things that just made sense. And I think Apple did a great job with this one. I, I someone, A couple people emailed me saying that they're, they're thinking about getting the iPhone 4 at $99 rather than the iPhone 4S at $199. What? Are you crazy? Whoa! I mean, that's just whack. For an extra $100, which is nothing compared to your cost of your contract long term, you're going to get a phone that's over double the storage, twice the speed, better camera, with voice assistant. To even think about getting the iPhone 4 versus the iPhone 4S is just dumb. I'm sorry, I'm going to put it out there. It's dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Don't be a fool. Don't be penny foolish or whatever they call it. Pound, you know, don't be pound smart, penny foolish. Uh, spend the extra 100 bucks. Get the iPhone 4S. You will much, much more enjoy that phone than you're going to in, like the iPhone 4 they're the same thing. They look the same. They feel the same. But inside, they are so much different. They, it, the iPhone 4S is 
the iPhone 5. If you were looking for the iPhone 5, it is here. It's called the iPhone 4S. So you just have to accept that the iPhone 5 you're hoping for is here. It's the iPhone 4S. There was never going to be this tapered, uh, wedged shape iPhone that this is my next reported on, and, and on some of these crazy other things that were on there. It wasn't going to be LTE this time around. You know, it, it just wasn't going to happen. The iPhone 5 is the iPhone 4S. If you can accept that in your mind, you will see that this is a really great phone and you're going to be excited to get this. And please don't upgrade from a 3G or 3GS to an iPhone 4. If you're going to upgrade, upgrade to the iPhone 4S. You will so much thank me for that. I promise you that. Some of the other rumors that didn't come to fruition for Mashable, what happened to all that Facebook stuff? Uh, we mentioned this is my next with the radical design change. That didn't happen. Uh, boy genius, Sprint would be getting an iPhone 5, uh, a real one, and then we're going to have what was it, all that m millions of dollars of commitment up front, and it was going to be a Ymax in there. Uh, Mac rumors, the iPhone 5 cases suggest a much larger device with a 4-inch screen. Uh, boy genius again, the iPhone 5 to have a radical new design, according to Casemate images. Boy Genius again saying their sources show that it was going to be an NFC phone, that near-field communications, yet yeah, that didn't happen. At some time in the future, I'm going to go through and I'm going to tally up a lot of these rumors. I've been keeping them, bookmarking a lot of these rumors from the past year plus. And I'll go over some of the ones that really missed the boat. But again, BGR, Digit Times, and this is my next. Sorry, guys, you just don't get it and just don't believe anything that comes from them when it comes to a rumor from a quote-unquote unnamed source. There's some good stuff that comes from BGR, and this is my next every now and then when it's not about a rumor and it's about a feature that's out there and they do some reporting on it. But whenever there's an unnamed source or people in the know from any of those three sites, just stay away. I'm going to reach into the email bag here for a few emails. Hi right, Rob, what's the significance of calling the new phone iPhone 4S rather than iPhone 5? There seems to be enough changes to warrant the 5. Your thoughts? Ed Kennedy in Columbus, Ohio. Ed, thanks for the email. I think this has to do with, they must have thought, well, look, it's the same case, and when we had the same case from the 3G, we, we called it 3GS because it was the same case. And now they're going, well, it's the same case, so we're going to go from iPhone 4 to iPhone 4S. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me, I think it's a mistake calling it the iPhone 4S rather than the iPhone 5 because I think people in their mind had this mindset that it should be called the iPhone 5 and because it's not called the iPhone 5, they think it's somehow something less. I think that's crazy. I mean, uh, as I mentioned earlier, what, just because it looks the same and it's the same case, somehow it's worse? I mean, if you have Megan Fox and then you have a clone of Megan Fox, it, it, that doesn't make the clone any uglier. It's still pretty darn hot. So I, I don't get the hang-up from some people, like, but I kind of see it. I, I kind of can understand. I think there's a, a perception issue in the mind. That's why I think Apple made a mistake not calling it the iPhone 5 because of that perception. But again, the iPhone 4S is the iPhone 5. Internally, they're two completely different phones. It's the same basic step up from the iPhone 3GS to the iPhone 4 internally as there is from the iPhone 4 to the iPhone 4S. Another email I got. Hi, Rob. Since the new iPhone just got announced today and they are planning on coming out with a 64 gig model, I was thinking about buying some kind of insurance to protect my investment. I want insurance to cover accidents in case of drop or spill or something on it. 
don't really care if it covers theft, but would be nice and looking for relatively cheap, but I will pay for service. You know of any good um, money for iPhone insurance plans out there? Thanks, Tyler. Well, Tyler, longtime advertiser of the show and the, who I have my current insurance plan with is SquareTrade. So if you go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII, that's squaretrade.com forward slash TII, you can get 25% off. So you're going to be able to get the insurance for the iPhone 4S at $94. So go there. That's one that I would recommend. I also saw that Apple has updated their Apple Care plan. I'll be looking into this and try to do some sort of comparison going forward, see what the pluses or minuses, but there seems to be a $99 adder for some Apple Care, and that looked like it was going to cover breakage. I don't know if that would cover spills. Again, I'll get more info on that, but squaretrade.com forward slash TII definitely will meet what you're looking for, and it's going to be about $94. We received another email, and it's, Hi, Rob. How right were they volume one, issue one? Rob Walsh, iPhone 4S getting micro USB adapter in Europe. Nice call, Rob. Regards, John. So that is with regards to on the last show, I was saying, look, Apple's not going to put a micro USB port on the iPhone. What they'll probably do is put a micro USB adapter with the iPhone or make it available for the iPhone so that you can plug that into the 30 pin dock connector. And that's exactly what Apple has done. There's a link over at Gotta Be Mobile, and it shows it. But now you can, in Europe, get a micro USB adapter for your iPhone to plug into the 30-pin dock. So, yay, good to see that happening. Exactly what we figured would happen. Hey, Rob, this is Dan from St. Louis. Uh, just uh, following the uh, announcements for today for uh, October 4th, the uh, Apple Apple event, and... Uh, well, it looks like Apple mainstreamed video phone. Then they are about to mainstream artificial intelligence. Does this mean our kids or our grandkids are going to be battling out, battling it out with uh, T1000s or I should say I1000s in the future? And is also uh, iCloud, is, is that our Skynet? Dan, thanks for that, but... I'm more worried about Q getting Flynn's disc and making it out to the I.O. port. And on that note, I want to send thanks again to Hover for sponsoring this show. If you want to save 10% on domain name registrations, go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. As always, if you have any comments, questions, tips, tricks, app reviews, or anything else you want to share with the show, you can email me at todayinios at gmail.com or you can give us a call at 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. And that's going to do it for us on this episode. I'm going to try to have next episode up Sunday and then I'll have another one that fo- the Friday. So we'll have one on Sunday and then one the following Friday when the iPhone 4S launches. Until the next time, I'm your host Rob from Today in iOS reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.